This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am so excited to have in the studio one of my favorite returning guests. He is a good friend of mine, a Bravo-holic, of course, and an entertainment writer at The Grio. Please welcome Jared Alexander. Hi, Dylan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to finally be here. In I the know. Studio. I was when I asked you to come on. I was like, wait, I don't think we've ever done an in-person episode obviously you and i have hung out in person many yeah. a time at many an event we've <laughs> rubbed shoulders with many a bravo celebrity many. But, but we've never uh we've never sat down for yes. an in-person on mic chat yes it's nice this feels much i mean we're all sick of zoom so this is nicer absolutely and like you were saying before we started recording obviously we have potomac to talk about because it's a monday and i love that but there's a lot going on mm. in general <laughs> There's so much. I can't remember the last time we've had like a week like this with Bravo News, <laughs> but it was just so much. Well, part of me was like, so on Thursday evening, Lisa Rinna's departure from Beverly mm. Hills was announced. And a part of me was like, ooh, maybe tomorrow we'll get more Beverly Hills casting news or a Vanderpump Rules trailer seems like it should be kind yeah. of imminent. But then I'm like, no, I don't want more Bravo news on Friday because I'm already going to be waking up to refresh Twitter a hundred times for Jen Shaw updates. So I was like, I don't even have bandwidth for more Bravo news right now. It, I mean, it was a uh, uh, 24 hours it for was. the ages. It was intense. I felt like dizzy. It's all a lot. And what's weird is that Beverly Hills and Salt Lake City are so separate, like in our brains a little bit. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, I feel like they both felt kind of seismic, but we felt Jen Shaw coming and maybe Rena coming too. But I felt like the announcement, the timing of it did throw everyone for a loop. I feel like with Rena, it's not like I didn't think there was any chance she would leave before this next season, but it didn't feel like a sure thing because there had been, you know, their season finished airing a couple months ago, we knew that they were kind of taking a little breath before filming in the new year, but there wasn't really any concrete idea of what's happening with the cast. So for this to be the first big announcement about next season of Beverly Hills, it's like, okay, the wheels are in motion. And this, I assume, means it's contract season. And yeah. usually what that means is that in the next week or two, we'll have kind of a more solid picture of who's coming back. Yeah, and I, I we've talked about this, but like I definitely have conflicting feelings about it only cuz they took such a long time after, you know, we've even watched the reunion. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people started to wrap their mind around some sort of idea like maybe they're waiting for the fires to die down cuz they do want to bring Rena back or whatever. But one of my first initial thoughts when Rena announced it was like I don't know how interested I am in this cast at present without her there. Mm. Not just in the way the dynamics are set up. Like, I think lover or hater, like she was kind of the only source of tension at all in that group, you know? 
So I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see who does stay and leave. I felt like if Rena did stay, um, we would only see like one or like, I mean, Diana's out. Can we say that? Like, I feel like that feels that's, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that seems happen, like but... the most <clears throat> foregone of conclusions. <laughs> yeah. And I think ultimately too, like she definitely, you know, lost the plot there at the end. And mm-hmm. I think all of us were like really exhausted by her, but I think it was nice to see. It just does feel like the end of an era in a certain way. Like it feels like there was definitely housewives in general before Rena and after, um, so it's going to be interesting to see where we go with this group. It doesn't feel like as much as LVP was a big part of it. And I mm-hmm. also remember before season 10 being like, what is Beverly Hills going to look like without her? They only really did. They just brought in Garcelle and Sutton. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like um, there needs to be a major reworking of the group in a way. Yeah, I think the last couple of years, there has been a lot of negative response to the Fox Force Five-ness mm-hmm. of the cast and how that's kind of stifling some of the potential for other friendships, for other, you know, for rivalries, for just kind of new territory in the show. But on the flip side of that, I think it's good that there is going to be, you know, some breakage in the group. But then you have to have something else you have to have another factor coming in to take the spot of that. And so it is kind of thinking about this cast without Rinna, most likely without Diana, mm-hmm. question marks on some other people's heads still, I think. Yeah. It's like, okay, so if the plot isn't going to be Rinna being a terrible friend, like it has <laughs> been for the last couple seasons, we still need a plot. Like, <laughs> right. hopefully it's something fresh and new and exciting, but there has to be something there. And I I think it's okay that we don't know what it is yet, but mm-hmm. I hope somebody else knows what it is and is yeah. putting that in motion. And I'm not really interested either. Again, in my mind, if the group were to stay the same and they mm-hmm. only brought in one or two people, it would just be like, Erica's an awful person and everyone's mad at Erica again. And I'm just kind of not interested in that. It would be the third season of that, you know? Yeah, I think Erica is definitely in the most uncertain position now, even if she comes back because Rinna was the one that was so ride or die for her these last couple mm-hmm. of years. And, you know, she's friends with Kyle. She's friends with Dorit. She's not really enemies with anyone at this point. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, the most kind of up and down with Sutton, but what is her place? What is her role? She's been on the show now for like six seasons or so. It's yes. not, it does feel like we're at kind of a watershed moment yeah. maybe. Evolution's got got some thinking to do. <laughs> Whenever these situations happen and like these major housewives leave, my first initial thought is like, I am so happy I'm not making these decisions. Just because it's right? you know, it's one giant puzzle and it's really hard to make it work. It is funny that Evolution is the production company that does Beverly Hills, Orange County, mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. And so we see right now we're kind of like question marks up in the air with Beverly Hills. Meanwhile, Orange County it looks like it's Trace Amigos full full steam ahead. We keep seeing these photos of the three of them, and I'm Very like, much. okay, Vicky's not on the cast this <laughs> no. season. Like, we know that she's been around a little bit, but they're right. very they're, on social media the last week or two. They've been very into the uh, Trace Amigos posts, and it's like, uh, okay, I guess very is that much. is that really what we're getting this season? I feel like it's a little bit of a false tease in terms of Vicky's presence. But. I think so too, because we obviously know it's going to be great to have Tamara there. And certainly there's so much history with that group. And we've talked about this. Like the OC panel was like one of the high, like the surprise delights mm-hmm. of BravoCon. Um, but yeah, Vicky isn't there the whole time. Like they are kind of leaning into this, like 
Trace Amigas again. I'm um, glad they're, I mean, good for them that they're getting along, but like, right. I don't, I don't really think Vicky is going to be on the season for more than a handful of episodes. No. And I like Vicky in the capacity that she's in. Listen again, like she rocked BravoCon, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, if these like rumors are true that like they're going to do ex-wives club and like bring oh, the yeah. same women back that we've been kind of seeing on Instagram, like it'd be cool to see Vicky again, just cause like, I think that capacity for her is kind of perfect. Like, I don't think we need her holding an orange per se, um, but she's around. Yeah. What do you think about this? So reportedly rumored has it, Girls Trip season four. So we have season three that's it already been filmed in Thailand. Yes. Let's get an update soon at Peacock TV, please. Please. <laughs> um, but rumor has it that season four is going to be in Morocco yeah. and it's going to be an ex-wives club part two featuring some of the same cast members from season two in the Berkshires. Uh, rumor has it that Brandy is going to be back, Phaedra, mm-hmm. Eva, um, but there are going to be some more women added to the mix. Do you like yeah. this kind of seriesification of Girls Trip? So I think my initial reaction was the same as everyone else. Like, really, we have so many other ex-wives. Mm-hmm. Why would we bring back these other ones? But then on the flip side, it almost reminds me, because <laughs> I always do this a lot of times, just like compare like the Housewives franchise to Drag Race per se. And like, yeah. we have so much talent that like we should see come back again. Like, I'm someone who's like, if Brandy is there, you know something's going to happen. I think Ava and Phaedra, we all... They were, like, really the MVPs of Ultimate Girls Trip mm-hmm. 2. And I frankly... And I, it's funny because we're doing an Atlanta rewatch right now in preparation for the new season that we'll hopefully get soon. But I'm excited to maybe see Phaedra with a different group and maybe they'll push her a little bit or just actually ask her some of, like, the elephant in the room questions that mm-hmm. she avoided. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I think it's I think it's fun. And I think these are housewives who deliver that, like, we all really like. Yeah. And... I am obviously Tamara's not an ex housewife anymore. Who knows what's going to happen with Legacy in terms of Dorinda? So like, I, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense that like the the names that were on the those reports, you know, right? And I think with people like Phaedra and Brandy more than anyone else, this is a potential way for us to get more of what they do best without the kind of baggage of them coming back to their original franchises. Because right. for all of the love that Phaedra got from girls trip right there still is a lot of there's just a lot of baggage about a potential return for her to atlanta and i don't think that i don't think that the atlanta cast would be super on board with it for the most part Mm -hmm. i don't think the powers that be at bravo necessarily want to go back to that place i mean i think Mm -hmm. candy is top tier talent for bravo that they have you know that they have an interest in keeping her happy mm-hmm. whether or not that's really deciding casting stuff who knows but right. you know all of those factors come into play and also rumor has it alex mccord oh my gosh could be when on the I cast saw that. sending alex mccord back to morocco <laughs> the scene I, of the crime <laughs> that is like i think like the what's so amazing about this era that, yeah. with these shows like that is like such a dream and it could go in so many different ways but like the fact that if this is true that like they even got her to do it. It's pretty wild to me. Right. Like Alex McCord could leave her happy life in Australia for 10 days. Right. And come film a show in Morocco. Like, why not? Exactly. Uh, my, the one, I mean, there are obviously so many other ex-wives who I'd want to fill this. But like, I say this every single time. The one who I want to see 
Let's get her out of Nevada. Like, let's get Jacqueline Larita somewhere, please. Like, I just yeah, I need did, to see her. I did see at least one post. It's hard to keep track of what is like reportedly true and mm-hmm. what is just people talking. But I have seen some some Jersey names, including Jacqueline, floating around for this potential yeah. ex-wives club, too. So mm-hmm. it could happen. And I also think... Um, Send Dina and Caroline. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> just I mean, don't tell need, them. Um, don't tell them the other one is coming. <laughs> We would need, remember when they had that like therapist do that retreat? Like we would need like someone to oh like God. really moderate whatever's going on with them. But I do think too, I think people give season one of Ultimate Girlship a lot of flack. But um, one thing I did like about it that I hope we kind of get with this group, whatever it's going to be, is that like they really got into like the minutia and like what it's like to film and mm. like how things affected them in a way that like Ultimate Girlship 2 was very much about like what was happening there and like yeah. their relationships with each other. But because they were all kind of strangers in a sense in the first one, like we, you know, heard Kyle talk about filming with the Erica stuff. Like we heard Teresa and Melissa for like the millionth time, but still like break down exactly mm-hmm. how it worked with filming and how that affected their relationship. And like I like hearing stuff like that totally. because the no fourth wall thing is is really fun. Well, and it, thinking back also like Luann kind of getting real about how frustrating it is to have to always mm-hmm. apologize for Ramona's shit and put up with that. And even Kenya feeling like she was getting a fresh start compared to how the women on Atlanta sometimes have treated her like a villain kind of from the word go. Right. That those types of dynamics are really interesting and the, the possibilities are endless we'll see we'll see i'm ready <laughs> let's talk about potomac yay speaking of a trip oh my god we're headed to mexico baby <laughs> we really are i did okay there was one moment i don't know if you caught this on last night's episode thankfully we didn't get too much packing footage like i don't need a whole episode no. of people like getting ready for the trip but there was karen did hold up one piece of clothing and say like i wonder if i could wear this in the islands and it's like you're not going to the no. I was like, do you know where you're going? Like, it probably all blends together. Like, was like, she was like, production has told me I'm going somewhere where I will need a swimsuit. Right. She was like, this will be good for dinner. Like, dinner in the islands. Oh, right. Um, I love that Ashley and Kern are hosting the trip to Mexico. Yes. We needed. We need a little bit of glamour after the Miami trip. We really do. After the last season too. Where did we go last year? Did we go to like Mar? Where, wait, where did we go? Last like year. that house, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They, we they were went, by the water, but it looked so bleak and gray. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, oh, we're going to the Chesapeake Bay, but it's yeah. February. Because <laughs> well, I think the last big trip was the Portugal one in season five. Yeah. That was filmed before the pandemic, but we saw it after. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it all blends together because that season also we went to Monique's like right lake, lake house, lake house yeah. that wasn't. It's like barely by a lake. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Potomac deserves something international, something a little spicy. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, okay, I'm curious to get your thoughts overall on this season before we get too far into this episode. I was on the Daily Beast yesterday mm-hmm. because our mutual friend Sarah Galley wrote an article about yeah. the gentensing um, and she was there in person. So that was interesting. But I saw another article on the Daily Beast that was an explainer of why Potomac is in its flop era. And I, uh, no shade to this article because right. everybody's entitled to their opinions, but it, it caught me by surprise because I feel like maybe there are different definitions. You can have your own interpretation, but For me, for Potomac, do I feel like this is the best season they've ever had? No. Right. But I feel like 
throwing around a term like flop era implies that there is some major failing of this season. And I personally feel like every episode I'm still entertained. Yes. Every episode there's some interpersonal dynamic that's happening. That's really interesting. There's something funny going on. There's beneath the surface dynamics that I want to learn more about. And this season to me, it, it doesn't feel like it's, really a letdown in any way. So I'm curious how you feel about that idea. I feel the same. It's really hard. I think we all have to like, everything's relative, right? And like, we have to really zoom out a little bit when we use terms like flop era and stuff. Because again, like, you can't even say that like this compared to like a season 15 of OC, Mm -hmm. it's like night and day or like the last season of Roni, let's say. Like, I think with these Potomac women, like you said, like I could watch Ashley house hunting for 45 minutes. I could watch Karen and Ray. I could watch, honestly, Giselle with her girls. Like, I feel like to say flop era is really intense. I don't think it's the best season they've ever had in terms of, I think there's like a lot of balls in the air and there's not like one really cohesive storyline. But then at the same time, then it feels a little less like heavy handed on it. Like, I know people are giving the group a lot of flack. Like they're like, oh, every year we're going after a husband. And like, yes, Chris is a part of it, but I feel like, I don't know, even like at the airport and stuff, like Giselle and Candace in some moments seem pretty fine. Like it's not like an entire season of this whole, like I think we've had other seasons of Potomac Mm -hmm. where one storyline has taken all the air out way more than this. And the trips are still fun. I don't know. I'm maybe we're in the minority, but yeah, the, the Chris and Candace thing to me, it feels like the, the points of the argument that are coming from like Ashley and Giselle and to a lesser extent, other people in the group, it feels like a weak argument, but at the same time, it's not the only thing that's happening all season. It's a through line that has come up numerous times, but it doesn't feel like every time the group is together, it's going to be a sit down and we're going to talk about Chris being handsy or, mm-hmm. you know, making eyes or <laughs> making right. comments, you know, like there are other things going on. And even just last night, the Mia and Jacqueline dynamic, oh it's so bizarre in a way that I kind of like can't stop thinking about. Yes. And it's like, do I give a shit about Jacqueline? Not particularly. No. <laughs> do I even give a shit about Mia? Only a little bit more than Jacqueline. Right. But I still am like, what is the deal with these women? We're talking about, so all of a sudden, Mia's nanny is Jacqueline's sister. So therefore, Jacqueline will sometimes just leave the kids with the nanny that Mia is paying for right. because it's her sister. So then Mia feels like Jacqueline's taking advantage. But then Jacqueline says that Mia doesn't give a shit about her kids and that it takes a village to raise kids. And what would Mia know about that? Because she didn't have a village to raise her. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Right. We're talking about the kid? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. their, their dynamic, it's so clear that the layers go literally back to high school with yes. them. It's so many years and who know relationships and who knows what even planet we're on at some points that it's like, I could think about that for days. <laughs> Literally. And I and I think, again, like, I see, like, online, like, some people being like, ugh, like, who cares about Jacqueline in a way? But, like, this to me feels like a true friend of a housewife and that, like, we are learning more about Mia a mm. lot through Jacqueline as opposed to, 
uh, someone who production was floating around, maybe going to give a champagne flute to, and then they couldn't cut around them. So they're just there. No shade to other people who have been friends of throughout Housewives, but like it feels, I don't know, it harkens back to like some of the friends of who used to be an OC, who mm-hmm. like knew stuff, real stuff about like a main cast member, and then that would come up. And it's, um, I find it to be interesting. And I, I feel like I'm like a roller coaster with Mia, mm-hmm. but um, especially the past few episodes, like I don't, I don't want Mia gone. Like, I don't know. I think Mia brings something interesting to this group that we haven't seen yet. And do I believe 95% of the stuff that comes out of her mouth? Usually no. But mm-hmm. um, we've had plenty of housewives like that before. I feel like as we, you know, continue on with this franchise, obviously, like we're harder and harder on them. But um, I was just eating my popcorn riveted between that fight between the two of them. And so were the other women. I that's a good point about sort of the two camps that friends of can fall into mm-hmm. that there's the friend of in a production sense where it's like you're a recurring cast member right. and then there's the friend of that it's like no this is Mia's quote unquote best friend mm-hmm. who has a deep relationship with her knows everything about her life and her family and et cetera et cetera and is for whatever in whatever set of circumstances is on the show this season. And there, yeah. there is a big difference between that. And it, it feels more authentic in a way, even if we're kind of like, wait, she has a confessional. Who is this woman where we don't really know anything about her? It's like, yeah, but she's relevant to Mia's story. Very much. Like I think there have been so many seasons of housewives where like, I'm like, do the friends really need to be on the reunion or whatever? I think she kind of needs to be there, especially with just the capacity of like, not even just the fight they've been having, we've been talking about their weird dynamic and stuff for so Mm -hmm. long. And I think, I don't know if you feel this way too, but like, it seems like there's a lot unsaid in terms of like, you're my best friend, you're on my show, like I kind of gave you this opportunity type of thing and you're on this trip, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, it feels transactional for sure, but in a way that's a little bit hard to break down exactly. It's like who, in exactly which way is the transaction going and right. doesn't include a car <laughs> and, oh my gosh and are is the free nanny service included in that mm-hmm. and then knowing that they were screaming at each other on the plane yes and let me just say <laughs> Ashley Ashley and Karen it was nice that they went straight to the surprise I just know how I feel after a long flight. I need to at least drop my bags off, maybe rinse off for a second. Like, they were already so heated after traveling back, and they were like, let's drink and sit down. Like, they literally <laughs> didn't even get a chance. Right. So I also think that kind of heightened things, too, because I know how I am when I travel. Right. That the, birth- for me. the birthday party being directly off of the hotel lobby <laughs> before they had even gone upstairs to, like, you know, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Change your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It was it was definitely a choice. Mm. I it is the idea of those three women going down to Mexico a few hours early to like yeah. prep the goodie bags with the dildos. I'm like, okay, right. I, I don't was, know why I don't know why Wendy needed to be there early. Right, <laughs> like, it was interesting, but okay. <laughs> I I do like that they're in a hotel this time where everybody can theoretically have yes. the same rooms. Yes. Um, I know we. I feel like not that you mention it. Every house we've been in with the Potomac women, no matter the location, has kind of looked and felt the same. Like there's like an open kitchen with a giant island, and like I don't know, Giselle and um, Robin are usually in like the attic, like in like the highest room. Like it all kind of blends together. Exactly, and I mean, obviously, we've gotten a lot of great content over the years out of fighting over a room and a house or whatever. But sometimes it's like these women have earned their own room. Yes. (laughs) 
they really have. Just, Let's get the hotel. That's why, like, like in Miami, where they were in the Keys, it's like, mm-hmm. it feels like everybody has their own little space. Yes. And you can tell that they love going back to those rooms yeah. to, like, get away from the cameras yes. a little bit. They're, they're freezing cold, apparently. So <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, the air conditioning is amazing. <laughs> I know. They were so hot the whole time they were in the, the Keys. The whole time. But I'm like, you live in Florida. But, I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it is It is funny to think about being on a show like that. And it's like, no, I would need to go back to my hotel room for like a solid hour and a half between any activity just yes. to have like my own just to decompress refuge and that that is a lot you're right like when they are in these big houses it definitely can't be easy because um, <laughs> you really can't escape <laughs> summer is fast approaching which means more social events more weddings to attend more nights on the town and hopefully more vacations that's why i'm so thankful for today's sponsor honey love for covering us with the best shapewear With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so before we go on the trip, Giselle and Robin are kind of touching base. And we got to talk about the Sharice and Karen of it all. We have been confused and unclear about the root cause of their um, dislike for each other. And then, so we, Giselle tells us that after the trip to Miami, Sharice had sent this video in their group chat of (laughs) this night out and specifically of Karen and Mia's like boobs popping out. (laughs) And we know that Karen does not like the word titty. No, (laughs) it's breasts. Like, um, But she kind of like plays along, like she's okay with it. And everybody in the group chat is like, oh my God, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Like not the titty. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is clearly not, you know, endearing Sharice to Karen at all. This this choice to send it. I do, they see, they're using the word post. They're like, you posted this. And I'm like, sending it in the group chat is not posting. The fact that they're showing it on the show it's maybe a different story, but right. I'm like, this wasn't posted anywhere. No, it was not posted anywhere. I also, I wonder, not to do like a little side note, but like, what does the contract look like in terms of, I feel like Potomac more than any group, like we are seeing their group messages and right. their texts. Like 
and it I feel like I'm like Beverly Hills, let's say. Maybe it's a production company thing. We see like a text and right. everything else is blurred out. Whereas like it feels like on yeah. Potomac, we're just going through, we're just flipping through Right, the it's like the 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 rules of their like discovery phase is different. <laughs> and it's like yes. on Potomac, they're like, no, 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 we will be getting the entire transcripts. <laughs> and on Beverly Hills, it's like, I will screenshot this one text and send it to my producer. Right. Um. <laughs> No, because there is also the whole thing with Karen's live show, that group text that everybody was invited on. And it was a little bit fourth wall-ish when they were like, well, we know that it wasn't an accident because like Katie was on this text. Oh my God. Jacqueline was on this text. So basically they're like, it wasn't just like, it it wasn't just the cast group text or like the housewives groups text. It was like the everybody who's ever been on the show group text minus Sharice. Yeah. Literally like the entire, <laughs> again, because we've had... The cast really hasn't changed all that much in that show. So, like, it does feel like she texted anyone who's outside of Monique. Monique. Every <laughs> single person who's ever signed on the dotted line for the show. Except you know Therese. what? I would. I bet Monique got a text about that live show, totally, too. Totally. Separately. 1,000%. <laughs> she definitely did. Ascala maybe was the one that fully got <laughs> yes. left off. Yes. Um, but, okay. So, Giselle's goal in Mexico is to get to the bottom of what's happening with Karen and Sharice and to make them love each other again right. because they've been hanging out since 2014. Yeah. <laughs> that picture of the them. same. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. I feel like they, we cycled with the same three pictures of, like, Sharice, Giselle, Karen, and Robin. Like, and they are... Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see how far we've come. We've come a long way with these women. Well, you know that every Housewives show, they must, one of the first things they must do when they're like casting and starting to piece the show together is to figure out like the earliest possible point that they can say these women knew each other. Yes. <laughs> and yes. they're like, okay, great. You took a photo together at a party in 2014. This will be in the permanent file. <laughs> yes. Like if there's a photo of like, Lisa Barlow and Meredith Marks that they've been friends for 20 years and it's like okay we need to find the photo right <laughs> we need the proof um I uh, I appreciate that Giselle wants these women to get along right it, I just like it's not gonna happen it is not gonna happen I do think though and I wound up tweeting this last night I think it's a little disingenuous mm -hmm. when Karen is like you've been gone for five years just because I was like thinking and like Sharice was really around even when Sharice wasn't full-time anymore she was around so much if you remember she was was so close with Monique she wound up really getting close to Candace she's even around in season five but they like cut around her a lot but a lot of accounts were like nope Sharice was there like she was even in the episode for like when the ladies first meet Dean she's a really big point of contention between Candace and Monique because she was the one who kind of brought those rumors out so like really Karen has seen Sharice. She's only hasn't seen her in season six. Like, it's not five years. Sharice was famously at the Denim and Diamonds uh, party, a.k.a. the cash bar party. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, like, she really hasn't been gone for five years. There's something else here that we aren't seeing. Right. It's a little bit of subtext that I think is beating around the fourth wall where it's like she wants to be in the group, AKA right. the cast of right. the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's fair. If you, if you know this person and don't particularly like this person, I get why you would be annoyed that it's like, you're not on the show anymore. Stop trying to be on the show. Right. But then also at a certain point, unless there's a really specific reason why you feel that way, which Karen is not willing to divulge if there is. Right. It just makes you look like a, 
petty bitch who doesn't want to be nice. Right. And when she's calling her a has-been leprechaun oh showing up looking for a pot of gold, it's yes. like... That's just, I mean, it's it's a rude way to talk about someone. Yes. So the fact that Karen is being so withholding about the root cause of this dislike, assuming that there is one, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think Karen is wrong, but it's making her look really... Totally. There's like a question mark there. Stubborn. Because listen, I love petty bitch housewives. Like like I have to do bro, for example. Like mm-hmm. she just like, she doesn't like someone. She doesn't like him. I mean, like that, that's all that it is. I think it's just that Karen does this thing. And that's where, and again, again I know Robin gets a lot of flack. She was kind of right in her predicting how it was going to go. Like Karen deflects in a really great way and we love her for it. But she almost um, jumps from like point A to point C in a lot of weird ways. Like even the comment about her mother, which like really eerily reminded me of like the Giselle wishing death on Ray thing where it's like a weird conclusion you're making about what they're saying, but it's like really, um, it's a little dishonest in what actually was happening. She said she went to your mom's funeral. Right. (laughs) And that, you know, Karen sent a text instead of a call, you know, like you're arguing about the logistics and it's, it also is kind of similar to the, Meredith and Lisa stuff where they're going over the timeline of when her dad died and the funeral and all this stuff. And yes. she was in Vale. And it's it's the kind of thing where the actual context is really unfortunate because mm-hmm. of course it's upsetting that someone's parent died in the first place. And then the fact that now this is being like dragged out into the drama is too bad. Yeah. But it's also not what Karen is trying to paint it to be, which is like, we're not talking about your dead mother we're yes. talking about something that maybe is a result of that situation and yeah it is like it's take drawing a conclusion that isn't what someone intended doesn't make your point stronger i think that sometimes. is exactly it and but and at the same time though i love an activated karen like i think like we've had like um a like um if I really think about like Karen really being in like let's say the hot seat or like it, it's been a long time, kind of since the press conference a little bit. Yeah, like, she's kind of taken on this role of like if she is taking a task, it's about whose side she's taking in things. Mm-hmm. Be it the Monique thing, and then her and Giselle, of course, last season had their thing, but they're always going to go back and forth. So I like seeing Karen a bit disactivated and like being called out a little bit because a we get more from her, and I always say again like we need we need opposing forces, like we need someone. To root for Karen, we need someone to root against at the same time. Right. And I think the Sharice thing is kind of the perfect opportunity for that. Because if you look at the rest of the group, people have varying levels of relationships with Sharice, but nobody else is mad about her being there. No. And so if you're going to be the one that is constantly making it a problem, constantly making these comments and talking shit about Sharice, it's like if you're the only person in the group that feels that way, perhaps could the problem be you? Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it, it again, it is interesting how like she just is not even entertaining. Like, I don't know. There's also the real aspect of this, too. Sometimes when I think about that's like clearly outside of her being friends with almost everyone else in this cast, production wants her filming this season. Like she very much feels like a friend. She even had like a um, portrait or what have you. So, like, yeah, a lot of it, I think, has to do with Karen feeling a little again, threatened just by Sharice being Mm -hmm. there with maybe, it does seem like, not that I'm believing what Sharice is probably going to wind up saying, it seems like that she does know stuff about Karen because they do have a history with each other. Right. And to, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit 
unfair to be talking about how Sharice is showing up in Mexico, being right. desperate, looking for a pot of gold, when it's like, no, she fully just is part of the cast this She's season going to work. <laughs> and has been invited on the trip. <laughs> right. Like I understand if, if Karen doesn't like her, but it's not confusing why she has arrived in Mexico yeah. on the same flight as all the other women in the same block of hotel rooms. Like she's just right. literally like to circle back to earlier. It's not like what we're probably going to see with Vicky. Like in the first episode, Robin was sitting down with Charisse at, at like inviting her to the first event. Like right. she was right. If you're, if you're mic'd up on day one, that's not an accident. <laughs> right. You're not, you're not just like weaseling your way onto the call sheet for right. every group event of the season, except the one planned by your nemesis. Right. Like, um, Literally. But yeah, I mean, they're, they get so heated. I oh don't think, God. I don't think anybody at that table expected it to get to that level. And especially after Jacqueline and Mia had gotten so heated just earlier in the day, earlier yeah. in the episode, it's like, oh, like we know y'all didn't like each other, but for it to get to that level where you're standing up from the table, like shaking the table, <laughs> basically screaming yeah. at each other. I don't think we've ever seen either of these women. No. In having that much like aggressive energy towards someone else. Yes, no, I definitely have it. Like I, <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, we've seen Karen get heated, but I feel like Karen, like it's always like at a reunion, mm. like where she gets like really heated about things. I haven't seen her even with like her and Giselle fighting. It's never this and intense. It's always like mm-hmm. they're just like shading each other and like I feel like jabbing. Karen's usual kind of argument style is she can get very passionate with her words Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really feel like there's that kind of physicality there where it's like i might need to be like held back from right you know smacking a bitch right now and it really feels like they're both kind of like puffing up their chest like something's about to go down yes and i don't know i mean giselle calling it like a geriatric (laughs) fight it's like giselle She's not that much. Younger. We are all in our fifties here, right? Right. <laughs> like, I know. Giselle, I did giggle, but yes, it's like Giselle's unrelenting, <laughs> unrelenting quest to make it seem like Karen and also Sharice, but mostly Karen is so much older than her. It's like, girl, it's like turning into gaslighting almost. You guys point. are all in the same age bracket <laughs> now, because especially because the cast is so. Like, it's so wide in age, though, because you have, like, Candace and Ashley. Like, even when Ashley was like, it's my 34th birthday, I was like, wow. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I forget how young she is and how, like, you know, like, she's still, like, 10, 15 years out of, like, where most housewives begin their journey on Real Housewives. Yeah, I mean, she was and still is, I think, at the start of filming, the youngest person to be cast on Housewives. She was 27? I think she was 26 when they started filming or 26, 27. Yeah. She was not even, she's not even like close to 30 yet. Like that's, I mean, it's just not the average age at all. And Candace (laughs) was like 30 ish when she got cast. Yeah. And so it is. So for Giselle to say that I do have to though, (laughs) MVP for line of the episode for me, I don't know why was Giselle saying, this is typical Ashley woo woo and Birkenstocks. And it made me laugh. (laughs) With the shaman, which, like, we need to stop with the shaman things. But it was like, I just think one thing, however I feel about these women, these women know each other so intimately that it's, you know, like, Giselle and Ashley are so close, but she could still, like, kind of read her in a confessional. And it's not a big deal, which, like, it's really hard to find that, I think, on these shows. The shaman on this episode was especially tough coming hot on the heels of the shaman on Miami, Miami. (laughs) where, like, 
on Miami, these women were having like okay. a come to Jesus moment <laughs> with the shaman. Tears are being shed. Right. Uh, uh, you know, say whatever you want about the shamans on Housewives, but like those women really were going there. Yeah. And then on this, they're like, yeah, I think we should all just get along. <laughs> right. Okay. They were just like setting intentions a little bit. <laughs> like, right. It's like, okay. Like, I, not that I would be, you know, crying and shaking in the circle because I got right. like, you know, <laughs> my groin steamed out by right. a shaman, but like, <laughs> It, it fell a little flat. Very much so. And that's why we like move past it so quick. So quick. So quick. Like it literally was like most of confessionals of Karen and Giselle. <laughs> and then we moved on. Yeah. the It does feel like we have been in an extended era of shamans and oh hypnotists and psychics. And, you know, just kind of that whole prof- array of professions, which more power to them in their journeys of yeah careers i think we just need to let's do some other things i feel like who did it successfully i feel like we've seen it so much in oc like you know what mm. i mean especially with like shannon's whole like spirituality and wellness stuff but i feel like we've had like five scenes in each franchise in terms of like we're all gonna get to the nitty-gritty with this shaman always on a beach it's like it's always kind of the same thing. I really liked um, Salt Lake in Zion last year when they were in that spiral thing in the desert. Yes, and Mary Cosby was perched on a little rock on her in her like stiletto boots. Like literally, if she had moved an inch, she would have just tipped over. And like Meredith showed up late, and she didn't want to be there. Like that. Yes, I almost enjoy it more when people are like, "What the? What fuck is happening?" Is right. Then when people are like. I'm going to be a good friend now. And it's like, but you're not. Right, right. But you're going to you're gonna yell and scream at dinner in two hours. Yes. Now, if they're a little messy, which like psychics are a little different, but if you have a messy psychic, that's kind of fun. Who's that's saying just... that maybe Brooks is faking cancer? Like, that's fun. Like, I'll sit down and watch that. Right. Like, you need to be appropriately briefed by the producers on the storylines <laughs> right. and like what direction your analysis should take. Right. Uh, like, if you're just going to say the boilerplate, like, we're all going to heal. Like, that's boring. I want you to be like, now you two that have been fighting. Come together. Have yes. a moment. <laughs> Wait, do you remember? I don't know why this popped into my head when it was like, um, didn't a psychic connect with Dolores' dog? Oh my Am God. I making this up? Did yeah, it happen? Was, it I was, think it was at, um, at uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aiden's house <laughs> where like their moms were there. Yes. A couple seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, she had like a breakdown, which like absolutely like pet person like that's that's really intense but it i remember in the previews it looked like oh my god like what is happening and it was like about her dog (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the editing is like so the way they will tease those things then it's like oh she's crying about her kid going to college never mind (laughs) (laughs) something i don't care about (laughs) splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage i'm reaching for again and again when i'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. 
Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Speaking of Jersey, I'm so excited. We are so, I mean, I listened to your podcast, of course, and like I loved when you were talking about how like, of course it dropped, like you're like on a flight, like you're off Mm -hmm. work, like, but I'm so, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be, it seems again, like we're getting this fresh blood, which I'm excited about. And I hope, because you know, I'm like such a jack-o'-lantern here. Like I just love Jackie and I'm kind of bummed about it, but I hope they're kind of leaning into kind of like a Miami with like a big group of women Mm -hmm. who are all there and varying capacities. Cause it seems like Jen Fessler and her are very much in the mix. Yeah. And especially because her and Jen are both kind of on the same side of the cast, mm-hmm. just in terms of relationships, maybe they felt like they didn't need to have her and Jen as housewives to kind of balance things out. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do agree though. Miami, I think in the two seasons that they've been back have done such a good job of building that group that doesn't really take into account who's a full-time person and who's not. It really follows the group the way it needs to be followed and follows the story and the relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in a way Potomac is kind of doing that this season that it's like you have very much Sharice and Jacqueline are not full-time housewives, but it's not kind of making decisions on who's included in what just based on who's going to be a full-time housewife at the end of the season, because sometimes that, I mean, that's a made up distinction. So if everybody is showing up and putting in their, and, you know, pulling their weight, then I'd, I'd rather just follow that versus being like, "Mm, 
I don't, I don't know if we can invite Charisse to another event. Right. Exactly. Like it seems like they were there at almost every single event. Like they're mm-hmm. around so much, and I think it, it helps that Evan is like a part of the boys. And I think I don't think it's gonna be like a Tracy Farber situation where like no, <laughs> they. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be like that at all. Well, at the very least, I think Tracy kind of was giving. Going back to your dichotomy of friends, mm. she was giving like potential housewife who didn't quite make the cut. Right. And it's not that she had no relationships in the cast. I do think she and Melissa are friends. Yeah, but it's it just didn't quite click. And I think like going to OC next season, I feel like Taylor is going to be more in the category of 1000. I feel like she's going to be around a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not going to be from what the, the vibe I'm sensing. I feel like it's not going to be like a line in the sand where I'm only a friend of. Right. I know it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm low key excited for OC. And I, I'm just like, you don't have to apologize for that. I'm it's good. okay. I'm glad because like, you know, we've been through, it was some of the darkest of times on that show, but like it is a show that I love. I think Sam Bush has been like rewatching and posting on Broadway yeah. Historian, and I'm just like, God, when OC was good, like we didn't know how good we had it with mm-hmm. that show. And I think that um, I'm excited to see what it's gonna bring. Even last season, I was rewatching some episodes. Like the the first like three episodes, the whole Nicole Weiss of it all mm-hmm. is really thrilling. Like it just felt like good old Orange County. And it wasn't a perfect season, but I think it was such a good course correct. Like a step in the right direction. Right, like Heather kicking Shannon out of her house at the Nobu party. Like that <laughs> That all was, the pieces were there. And then yes. it sort of, it didn't quite come together into the final picture that I think we all kind of would have liked to see. But I, it does feel like that is an example of the production company and Bravo really working until they get it right and i'm hopeful that this season will be another good step in the right direction yeah we're gonna be excited okay i'm i'm glad that this is a safe space because you know it's it's really hard out here to just come out here with your opinions <laughs> and that's the thing about jersey again like we're gonna i'm so excited for the show to come back it's yeah. always gonna have like the softest place in my heart because it's the show that i fell in love with first but like i'm already preparing myself with like armor for like jersey twitter it is unlike yeah. anything else did you see the photos of um the the Judice family in Mexico? Not. Um, I think it like came up on my feed this morning or yesterday. The daughters just look so old. It's it is like crazy. seeing seeing Melania and Adriana wearing like club dresses. Yeah. Not th- uh, this isn't to like age shame. Like I don't care anybody wear whatever they want to wear. They just look like women. <laughs> right. Like, and we've seen what? again like <laughs> we've seen some of these girls born at this point. So it's like kind of wild to like Like Melania with underboob. It's weird. It's tough. It's tough for me. <laughs> yes. It's kind of I don't want to grow, grow up. up. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. It's like come on. Mama said it ain't easy. <laughs> I'll be popping tags at the mall. Oh my god. I'm still low-key <laughs> so impressed that they were able to get Fetty Wap because like it was like kind of like peak. Oh my god, yeah. It was like he was really big. It was I mean, no, like at that time. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like Fetty Wap like five years after. Like I feel like it was like around. It was Fetty Wap like two years after. Right. Exactly. It, look, Only some, Teresa. There was a booking fee for that. <laughs> yes. Don't don't worry. Um, oh my god. Wow. I, Melania only ever released that one song. I what know. A shame. We never got more. Maybe you know. I'm not so convinced we're not going to get a song from Bougie Mama or <laughs> maybe not Rachel Fuda, but. 
we've bougie been- mama that that's at that's danielle cabral if you yes. if you're not fully up to date on the uh <laughs> online personas of the new jersey housewives you could be forgiven but bougie mama is danielle i mean cabral. dylan it's funny i feel like you and i have been like when we're hanging out we've been saying these names since what the summer just because it was like online people knew who these women were so yeah. quickly <laughs> So I feel like I know Danielle Cabral and Rachel Fuda already. Right. At least now that there's a trailer out, I don't feel like a stalker for like recognizing <laughs> these women. I Okay. I do. So I follow Rachel on Instagram because we met at um, Danny and Evan's page oh, six yes. thing. Oh, yes. Ra- Rachel's a sweetie. I'm excited to see how she does on the show. Yeah. But she was doing a and a last week and uh-huh. somebody asked if she has had her nose done. And like you, I think the question was like trying to be a little shady because yeah. like she has a very... Like a glamorous Tim Burton character, yeah. A a glamorous (laughs) Tim Burton character. Um, And I really respected her response. She literally was like, I'm just going to say this because who cares? Yes, I've had my nose done. No, I don't like it, but I'm not having it done again. <laughs> and wow, I'm like, wow, that is that is the honesty we love to see. Because I feel like half the people that get nose jobs are like unhappy with how they turn out. I mean, Jen last year. I I was going to say it. And it looks, it still kind of looks the same to me. Only in the trailer. Like, because I know, like, it was, like, done again, maybe. Well, the thing about nose jobs, the, the thing about rhinoplasty is that it has to settle. And also, Bill would never botch a nose job. So. <laughs> <laughs> again, I think these women, like, it, it seems like from the trailer, like, they're going to bring a fresh in. Rachel seems pretty young, too. Uh, in yeah. In terms of, like, Yeah, I think she's, go. like, she's early to mid-30s, I yeah. think. Um, and her husband her husband has a son from a previous relationship. Okay. So she has like a teenage stepson that lives with her, I think. And then like two or three little kids. Okay. This is, I exciting. know too much. <laughs> no, no, listen, no, I'm like, the kids are cute. <laughs> I am right there with you. And I think it's, it's going to be great. And I think it's refreshing too, that it doesn't seem like it's just going to be Melissa and Teresa. It seems like that's very late in the game. Yeah. 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 I'm so. excited to see in the trailer that both Danielle new Danielle and Rachel like have drama with, existing cast members yes we're in again i think we're this is all this is all good stuff we have a lot coming down we have ultimate girls trip it's eventually it's january 9th and the vibes for 2023 are <laughs> as good as can be expected hopefully this week is a little slower than last week oh like. my god <laughs> at least at least jen's sentencing is behind us yes I, I so what are your thoughts on on that in general i'm fine with it yeah Six and a half years is longer than people are acting like it is. I know. It is a long time. People are like, only 78 (laughs) months? And I'm like, do you want to go to prison for 78 months? Right. It's a long time. Right. I think, again, it'll be interesting to see what, how we move forward with the show. Yeah. There's, again, just to call back to the beginning... I, who's this production company? I don't want to be them <laughs> to try and it's, figure it's out. It's Shed. It is Shed. You're right. It's like, I don't... They're busy with the Roni reboot. <laughs> right. They've got their hands full. <laughs> I'm like, maybe we just... But I think you've even kind of said this too in one of the times we've done this podcast, but like, I do find it... I don't think it's the easiest place to cast from either. No. So maybe we just take our time for a second because it's not, it's not working right mm-hmm. now for me. No, I think they're going to chill for a minute. Maybe camera's up in the summer or something. Yeah. Just let it breathe. Just, just let it breathe. Let it breathe. <laughs> let Jen go away. Let everybody take a breather. It'll yes. be fine. <laughs> yes. We have enough on our plate. Exactly. Jared, always a pleasure. And Yay. I'm so glad you, we finally got to do this in person. This was perfect. I already feel like it's going to be a great week. <clears throat> it's it's going it to be a great week. We're setting our intentions. <laughs> yes. um, our shaman is in the room with yes. us right now. Um, 
tell everyone where they can find you and follow you. Yes. So I'm an entertainment writer at The Grio. So you can find all my Housewives interviews and reporting there. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Jared Alex uh, or the Jared Alex, and then on Twitter at Hey It's Jared, H uh, E Y Y. It's Jared. Two Y's. That's important. Very important. It was a it was a high school decision. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm stuck with it for now. Oh yeah, no, I'm the Dylan Hafer on Twitter because Dylan Hafer is taken by somebody who hasn't tweeted since 2011. So I don't want to talk about it. Um, oh it's fine. It's criminal. No, it's fine. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches and me at Dylan Hafer. Uh, thank you so much, Jared. And thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.